0: For State of the Arts, I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is Lauren E. Peters, a 2023 Individual Artist Fellow with the Delaware Division of the Arts and painter in Wilmington, Delaware. Lauren Peters believes that all clothing is a costume and we are costuming ourselves daily in the roles we play for those around us. That belief is also a basic tenet of our artistic practice, fighting the urge to hide Peters' attires herself in a variety of clothing to add and subtract layers of meaning. She then creates source photos on which to base her paintings, works that question, probe, and interpret the roles of women in society. She has also worked as a theatrical costumer, something that was a good step in hindsight to what she's doing now. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. And as we kick off here, I wonder if you can share a little bit about what your individual creative process looks like.
1: You know, as as Andy just shared with everybody, I started costuming myself um and taking photos to work from to make oil paintings painting was always the desired end result and I for years didn't really know quite what to do with that or how to how to get there but um, it's you know I go back and forth sometimes I have photo days um, and make a mess in my studio and then most of my time I try to spend painting and how do you um,
0: believe your art has evolved over time and is there a specific influencer or t- uh, topic of influence that you credit with that evolution?
1: So I, when I didn't know what to do with myself, you know, I was always kind of looking for some sort of female form, female muse, um, and I saw the work of Chantel Joffe, who her style looks nothing like mine, but just the presence of those female forms, and she uses self-portraiture, but also uses other models that is kind of what pushed me in this direction. So I did not know this would stick. I did not know that we'd be sitting here seven years later and this is still what's happening. But I just did, I think it was seven originally, just really simple. I had maybe one or two wigs and, you know, some of them I could alter the paintings a little bit and change my hair color, but it was kind of just my own clothing and just like a couple different, you know, I didn't push it too far. Um, and so, what has happened over the years is they've gotten the, I've really pushed the colors to a more vibrant place. I've really pushed themes that, you know, were the idea at the beginning and, you know, didn't have either the money or the, you know, I wasn't quite ready, I think, to tackle some of the subjects in painting. And now that I've become a better painter, you know, that's all evolved as well.
0: For those that may have not seen your work, can you describe a little bit about what they can expect to see from your paintings? For those that know what you do, we know the majority of them are are self-portraits of yourself in either various costumes or wigs, Um, but convey for those that are listening what they might see when they see a piece of work from you.
1: Sure. I mean, they, they also, so they got pretty, they're pretty bright. Um, I've tried to push different color combinations a lot more. Um, And, they got pretty feminine as well, which is a topic that I decided to dive into when I noticed that, you know, I was starting out doing a lot of like masculine versus feminine. But now I'm trying to find kind of the balance and the subtlety between those things, um, still allowing myself to go in a pretty feminine direction there for a little while. But I use a lot of... Um, I use a lot of cosplay or like anime wigs, like that tends to be what I'm going for when I try to find these brightly colored uh, wigs, which, you know, I kind of have created my own visual language with all of these things. So they kind of all go together. But you know, I am trying to, I am trying to point out, you know, some of the fakeness of, you know, how we just all adorn ourselves with kind of You know, we're all just bodies walking around, and you know, every day we wake up and make a decision about what we're going to look like. So, you know, whether or not you know what I look like, they are, you know, pretty far off sometimes of what um, my normal appearance is.
0: Your studios are located down at the Delaware Contemporary. I'm curious, uh, is that a full time studio setup? Do you also have studio at home, Uh, and how do you schedule your time between kind of your Personal time, your daytime, and then your creative time there in the studio.
1: Yes, i I am here, and I'm in my studio now. I'm here most days. Um, it. I was trying to treat it as a full time job, which is something that the, the the pandemic, you know, shifted in me. So I try to paint or be an artist full time, and then work part time. So I have some odds other odds and ends that I do, but. You know, I, I try to report here, I would like to say nine to five, but it's like 10 to five. <laughs> um, and then I've been extremely busy this year. And so I will, I do come on the weekends as well. I mean, I'm I'm pretty diligent and committed. I mean, I work well in a routine. So it's, you know, I just come in here like I have to go to the office.
0: Some artists we've spoken to consider their art craft and their work as a casual kind of hobby. As you mentioned, this is a nine to five or a ten to five endeavor.
1: i I switched. I mean, it's taken it's taken a number of years. So I did not paint at all uh, for about ten years. and you know at that, you know, it took it was ten years of telling myself that I couldn't do this as a real job, that it was not a viable option. you know, like even getting jobs in the arts, you know, you're told is extremely difficult. So after, yeah, after a long run of thinking that I couldn't do this, it's been, it's been a number of years of realizing like, you know, I should give this, give this a try. And, you know, I didn't get into painting, paint self-portraits. Like I didn't think, oh, I'm going to paint paintings of myself and that's a viable (laughs) career option. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's something that I just really believed in and thought was going to be just my own little personal journey. You know, like I... I rarely show the photos that I take of myself to anybody. That's kind of where I draw the line in terms of that being extremely personal, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's taken, you know, I get, have gotten a couple of big projects or, you know, things that have happened that I'm just like, why not try it? You know, like I can go back to work anytime, but I always thought that, Oh, like I'll, I'll be a painter. Like in, when I retire, you know, like you, you tell yourself, Oh, I can wait, you know, and just do this at some other time. So the fact that I have any amount of time now, you know, is is something that I'm thankful for. And, you know, if I can keep doing this and keep making this my full-time job, I'm going to keep fighting for it because that's all I've ever wanted to do.
0: For artists that may find themselves in a similar kind of internal battle, right, over is this really a a lifestyle or a, a business decision for myself? What are some things that you grappled with you told yourself right like the, to get over that that obstacle or, or that hump to to move forward
1: that's a that's a great question i'm still I'm still trying to figure that out i mean if anybody else has anything they want to share with me i i still <laughs> still go through this um, i think it it just is small steps you know and trying to realize in the moment what is happening like because it's so easy to realize what or think about and focus on what you don't have yet And it's like, yeah, I still got up today. Like I paid my bills. Like I, you know, some opportunity came up that I'll make money in a couple months. I can make it until then, you know, like just trying to take it one day at a time, which is extremely difficult for me as a planner. Um, I think think that's been like a really good thing. And then, I mean, I, I, you know, have done nothing but credit, like getting my first Delaware Division of the Arts grant like that completely changed things like i wasn't and i i, I know i've <laughs> said this a million times and i'll continue to say it that i wasn't even calling myself an artist until i had i got that grant and everybody called me an artist like you know it took outside voices telling me that that i was doing it i just would be like oh i just like to paint but yeah you know just seeing like one thing at a time and then i worked in a commercial gallery for a little while and until what other artists were doing and i'm like i could do that you know like it took seeing that it's not this like overly glorified like position that it's like no you can you can make it you can do it um and i mean i have a huge safety net i didn't start doing any of this until i had my husband so at least now i have like a partner you know, to depend on that also is a great cheerleader.
0: You had mentioned the Division of the Arts Individual Artist Fellowship grant. You have received two. So the emerging one was a a number of years ago. This year, you're in the field of established or the category of established. For those that might not understand what that funding goes to, can you describe a little bit about what that funding enables you as an artist to do?
1: My goal for this year, before I knew that I got the grant, is my gut was telling me that I needed to go big, that I was going to make some large scale paintings. I did one six foot -foot tall painting back in 2020. And that was just kind of, I took an image I had already made a painting of back in 2016. And I was kind of like, this is one of my signature images. What would this look like big? You know, like it was just kind of a blowing up of that. But I was like, what if I was doing the work that I'm doing now, you know, with the textured backgrounds, the more um, I was, wasn't uh, skip, skipping over some of the more detailed patterns that I really, you know, have been pushing myself to do. So I had all of these goals and I really did not know how I was going to pay for it. Um, and, but I was like, we're like, I can work toward a show that I have slated for the end of the summer at the Diller Contemporary. So, you know, it just kind of took speaking that out, I think a little bit to just, commit myself to it. So that is what is helping. I mean, at the beginning of this, I sat down and figured out what supplies are going to be for those four to five paintings. The grant is covering my rent for my studio for the year, you know, that just takes some of the pressures off of just even like the daily bills. And I've been trying to invest in better framing, um, which I'm excited about putting some stuff in some more ornate frames to send down to the Biggs Museum for the summer. So just little things like that, you know, that I, you know, can make make it through just making my normal paintings, you know, like at my normal scale and um, usually just paint the sides and don't frames on them. You know, I've been doing that for a while, but it, it it's allowed me to keep pushing toward, you know, things that I wanted to do, but just didn't know how long it would take, you know, for me to be able to, to get to that point.
0: Some, when they think about artists, think about the fact that an artist will create a painting it goes into some quote-unquote collection and then is never actually sold or you know they just live in museums it's not the case with your paintings you often sell many much of your work Um, I see a number behind you right that obviously still remain in the studio but what's the process what's the decision making behind um, whether from being just a painter that collects their work to a painter that also helps sell and distribute their work?
1: you know, it's come to the point where I can kind of feel out what's going to be like when I have an exhibit, what if I'm showing somewhere that's trying to sell the work, or if it's just going to be for the exhibition opportunity. I think that kind of dictates it a little bit in terms of selling my work. I mean, the piece that I spoke about that, you know, I've come to think of as my signature image that I did in 2016. It was one of the first ones that I did. Really, I was like, this is this, I'm on to something here. Um, that one is in my own personal collection. I don't want to sell that. But other than that, I love selling my work. I really do. I know some people are a little more protective, or um, you know, connected to the things that they're doing. But I just, I have so many things that I, so many different things I want to be able to do, and that's what helps pay for me to keep moving forward. And again, you know, like I, I didn't get into this thinking I was going to sell things. So anytime anybody connects. With it, it's it is so personal to me because it is a picture of myself, but also you know something that I I believe in so much.
0: As you think back to the experiences you've had, the growth you've had, the opportunities you've had, if you could give yourself as an artist feedback or even young artists looking to to breach themselves into the field, what's some advice, some feedback you might give to that person?
1: I think I to a good number of emerging artists. I think it's helpful for me because I I am relatively new to this in terms of like being a an artist you know as I said I didn't paint for a number of years but I think you know I have the benefit of being like 20, 20 years older than a lot of people who are just starting out it's kind of easy or it's like helpful to have some amount of hindsight you know in terms of like what I know didn't work for me you know like and how I talked myself out of it for any number of times but it it is difficult because it's such an individualistic career goal like i was talking to somebody recently about just like lawyers man you know, doctors you know like you've got the straightforward path like you know what the levels of success are you know like you take a test you, you know like it's all lined up and then you just do it um but there's just so many just different definitions of success and it really just depends on what makes that person feel fulfilled and happy so I think just trying to sort through all of the different voices who have told you over the years, whether it's in school or your parents or whatever it is, that you just kind of try to get to the root of what why you're doing this. Um, and I think that's extremely difficult and something that will take your lifetime <laughs> to, to officially do. but. Yeah, and like what I was saying before in, takes, in terms of just like taking it one day at a time and I was talking to another another artist the other day about, um, you know, I was like, it's just funny when you... Try to look at what the voices are telling, or listen to like all the voices that come up when you're just trying to do this. I was like, we're all just making art here, which is magical. Like we're all just like (laughs) creating these things, and then it's so funny what your head will just decide to tell you as to why you shouldn't be doing that, or like why it's wrong, or you know all these other things that you know. If you just try to, you know, take more time, and I know I'm also speaking to myself about this, just realizing. You know, this is this is great that we're doing anything at all.
0: <laughs> and there's a num a level of personal investment in it, right? And so it's what we hear from actors a lot of times is you know after their auditions, a rejection or an approval is much more personal than just uh, you know failing a test, something like that. To your point with with doctors and other other fields. Thinking back on the last three years. How has the pandemic, some of the closures, affected your artistic practice and output? And is there is there a process or a product that came out of that time in the pandemic that has kind of identified itself to be something that you'll be continuing post-pandemic?
1: The pandemic affected me in, you know, a n- number of ways. Um, the easy answer here is, you know, I dyed my hair for the first time, had never, had never, (laughs) you know, like you just, I just really, you know, you think, oh, I'll do that someday. And then you realize this, we, we have no idea how much time we have. So it was because of that, that I quit my full-time job. Um, you know, I just, I have never been a risk taker. Like people who say jump in the net up here, like I have, my brain does not do that. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's no, there's never been a form of that, that I related to even a little bit. So yeah, but, I mean, it's just, it was rough. I mean, we got we had to move out of our studios, the Delaware Contemporary um, has a separate entrance for studio artists, we all have our own private rooms, Um, can lock the door behind us, but we got roped in with the same thing is the museum itself shutting down. Um, So I think that, you know, I got really upset, um, which I'm sure everybody would imagine about, you know, having to try to move home um, and work there, which I never successfully did. But, you know, I think just realizing, you know, that we don't, we don't have any idea what's coming that that was the one gift you know that i got out of this experience um that i you know you don't you don't know what's what's coming next and i might as well take advantage of this while i can
0: uh, for those interested in seeing your work seeing uh what's around obviously you have a studio at the delaware contemporary is that open to the public for to come and see your work
1: the the studios at the delaware contemporary there's um they've started making it a certain number of months a year during the art loop that you can come so the next one will be June 9th um that'll be a big art loop um I will be here that night and should have a good amount of work I uh at the time of this recording I have a solo show up at the Abington Art Center which is up through the end of May so I've got a bunch of my a bunch of my pieces up there but I'm getting ready for a couple more shows um, later in this summer, so there will be there'll be quite a bit in here on June nine.
0: As we wrap up, and you think on forward for Lauren, what does success for you specifically look like?
1: Success for me, you know, will continue to to grow this as a business. that That's my that's my goal um, to be able to sell to sell work, and then you know just. Build on what what I've already been doing. I mean, the success that I've had so far is already in terms of paintings that I've made or shows that I've had. You know, like a lot of it, you know, is just kind of all been pretty wonderful. You know, like and I, you know, there's things that I want to grow in, like, would love to, to New York. You know, like you just the normal traditional artist path. But I think I do, I do really want to focus on this as a business. I mean, I have some two great shows coming up this year. And then I'm also like things like I'm pairing with the Trolley Square Market for November. I'm gonna do some some more like branded like products and see how those go for that month. I mean, you know, there's there's little things that that I'm working on and hoping that this continues to open doors to make this a a financially viable uh, career.
0: Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. If you want to learn more or see some of her work. Her website is www.laurenepeters.com.